0: Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Jerry Gross. Jeremy Jerry Gross is the Chief Executive Officer and co founder at Vital.care, a healthcare technology company. As CEO, Jerry is responsible for overseeing the vision, strategy, and growth of the company, as well as its newly launched platform as a service, Vital OS, which offers consumers frictionless prescription management and delivery. Jerry has over 30 years of experience leading development teams and leveraging emerging technologies to create disruptive innovation within biopharma, healthcare, and the financial technology industries.
1: Well, good afternoon, Jerry.
0: Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, good afternoon, Brian, and uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. This is so exciting. And I'm glad you jumped on to join. Uh, This is such a popular podcast. Now get to meet with people from all over the world and and people that from all age groups that are really uh, making a difference in this world. So again, thank you. And we're going to jump right into these questions. So Jerry, you've got quite the background in tech, right? Technology. You're a serial entrepreneur, and now you're the founder and CEO of vital.care. Could you share with our audience what drives you and what has contributed to your success?
1: Absolutely, Brian. What drives me quite simply is being part of something meaningful and challenging and compelling that is changing the game and something that is, frankly, much larger than myself, especially when I'm applying technology in ways it has never been applied to before uh, to solve uh, what I see are the most challenging problems, uh, especially uh, in healthcare. There's something exciting in being part of a first-of-a-kind innovation that is truly transformative. You know, early on in my career, when I was in financial services, my focus with technology was either on cost reduction or risk mitigation or top-line revenue growth, all admirable goals. But once I entered into healthcare and I started to create Transformative technology that actually extends life or even saves lives. The rewards for me personally were so much more meaningful. So what contributed to my so-called successful journey? Interestingly enough, I never focused on the financial enrichment or personal celebrity that would come from my work, but rather on the vision and mission of the problem I was trying to solve. I also learned early on that one can achieve almost anything in life just as long as you are willing not to take credit for it. Now, this uh, may sound counterintuitive, but for me, even in highly political, competitive, and corporate environments, having this perspective always resulted in me being invited to the table, which leads me to the other most compelling key success factor, at least for me in my career. It's about the decisions and choices one makes, not about technology, not about strategy, or even the possession of physical assets. It's the choices and decisions I made about people. Although it might sound cliche, whenever I launched a great product, enjoyed a liquidity event, or was awarded a promotion, it was because of the high-performing teams that I built and nurtured. If anything, becoming a great talent scout to attract and retain the best of the best is a key attribute that really propelled my uh, my career, and it requires being comfortable with and not being threatened by the fact that I was not always the smartest person in the room. And my goal is through succession planning, creating a deep bench strength that always made me the go-to choice for advancement. So that's how I'd answer that question, Brian.
0: I love that. And I can see that your your focus, your passion is truly around people and helping people, which, you know, we ha- we, we share a lot of the same sentiments across many of our guests on the show. But this truly uh, certainly has uh, resonated with me uh, this afternoon, Jerry, and I appreciate you sharing that. That is super, super, super awesome because I I, I do the same. I think people are amazing. So switching gears want to talk a little bit about the pandemic and wondering how you have adapted to life after the pandemic. Um, Hopefully we don't go back to lockdown, but, and will you be a fully remote workforce or a hybrid model?
1: Yeah, Brian, I've actually uh, adapted quite well. Uh, in, In many ways, I've been living in the remote work environment for years and the pandemic in many respects Uh, from my perspective, actually, forced others onto my playing field, as I describe it. From from my perspective, although the pandemic is a historic, global, uh, traumatic experience, it has accelerated what I feel is a long overdue digital transformation by at least three to five years. We have all had to come up with our version of curbside service and pivot not only how we work, but what our business model is. While I see many benefits to this, what I describe as the new abnormal, there are also new opportunities to address in business, such as the long overdue focus, once again, being on the employee and their well-being. As the pandemic ultimately transitions into an endemic, just like past pandemics such as smallpox, influenza, polio, And I don't know if you know this, but even the common cold, which began as a pandemic thousands of years ago, we all will learn to live with COVID and pivot our lives. So for my company, Vital, we will operate as a hybrid model insofar as there are certain roles that are location dependent, especially in our logistics and distribution functions. At the same time, most of our functions are location independent, And as such, we'll be remote. You know, occasionally when conditions permit, we will come together to strengthen both our culture and working relationships. The fundamental value proposition Vital has to our employees is that we will always strive to be the ultimate and safe employer destination for flexibility and learning.
0: That's awesome, Jerry. You know, what's really cool and what, you know, I found interesting is, you know, we've all pivoted and, and I liked how you coined the term. We've all come up with our own curbside service, right? Which which is pretty cool. But the fact, your, your attitude about this, about no matter what happens at the end of this, we will survive. We will uh, come ahead out of this pandemic. And and you're absolutely right. Uh, we need to band together as as a human race and get through this so we can be back to our regular lives. So thank you for sharing. And Jerry, you launched Vital care during the pandemic, what's one lesson you learned from doing so?
1: Yeah, I I love this question. Um, You know, the pandemic has forced us into doing things we would have never considered previously. And in that regard, I feel the pandemic has been actually the best time to launch a disruptive, transformative startup. So what's, you know, so what's the one lesson I learned from doing so? Well, the one lesson to learn is that there isn't one lesson to learn. And in fact, everything needs to be relearned. This pandemic, for me, and I think for everyone, represents a window of opportunity to overturn the legacy of sacred cows, the status quo, and change the how, the what, the who, and the when of our technologies and processes and our business models. I have learned That it is having a focus of building to change, not building to last, and being nimble and comfortable with ambiguity and vagueness are key success factors in this environment.
0: Thank you for sharing, Jerry. I I really do appreciate that. And Jerry, we're going to switch gears to the last question, and maybe there's something you can share with our audience here. Uh, From your career experience, that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in technology or entrepreneurship
1: well uh, let me uh give uh two uh let me t- tackle both entrepreneurship and technology in in entrepreneurship i believe one always must have a focus on constant learning and experimentation i personally never believed in the saying as the saying you've got to fail fast you know when you were growing up did did your parents ever say that you should make mistakes fast of course they didn't For me, it's all about learning fast through rapid experimentation and at the same time making it safe for your team to experiment and learn without fear of retribution. In technology, it's all about implementing a 65% solution in weeks rather than attempting to try to implement a 100% solution in months. The most important initial outcome as an entrepreneur from my perspective is having at least one paying customer as quickly as possible. Getting on the playing field is the critical outcome to the incubation and scaling of a business. So how do I do that? This is where the minimal viable product comes into play. Don't try to boil the ocean and spread myself too thin. Of course, there are no bad ideas or features to put into a product. The trick of it is to launch a minimal viable product that attracts at least one paying customer. Once that's accomplished, one can scale and grow from there. It's easy to say yes to a new product feature. It's what you say no to is the magic that incubates rapidly. And I call that the power of no. You've shared
0: some great analogies in that there in your answer, Jerry. And and that's, again, resonates with, with me, but I know it's going to be something that is going to be picked up by many of our listeners so I appreciate the share on that and Jerry it was a pleasure having you on today and I look forward to speaking with you real soon
1: all right yeah look it was great a lot of fun being with you today Brian and uh anytime we can talk again I'm up for it bye for now